Hello and welcome to this edition of In Conversation With, the podcast from the Trinity Challenge in association with the Brunswick Group that highlights the innovators and entrepreneurs using data-driven research and analytics to help prevent the next pandemic. I'm your host, James Dre, and over the preceding episodes in this series, we've spoken to some truly inspiring people using interdisciplinary methods to find new ways to predict and combat diseases. Today, we're joined by Cushy Health's Rushit Nega and Sachi Dalal. Um, and Cushy Health is a data-driven platform that's working to support the COVID response in India. So welcome to both of you. Thanks for coming to the show. So I wonder if we can start with you, Richard, uh, before we get any further. And you can just tell us in a few sentences, what exactly does this project uh, involve and how did it come about? Absolutely. So the, the project really was born out of the pandemic. Um, we were working as a team focused on maternal and child health, building digital health tools for health workers um, who serve communities in rural India. Um, and we were working with the Department of Health of India's largest state at the time. Um, but in March of 2020, uh, with the pandemic uh, that came, we were forced to adapt uh, our platform and our skill sets to broaden our scope, to go beyond maternal and child health, and to think about how we can use these digital technologies to quickly gather data across the state, not just for uh, what was pertinent for the pandemic, but also what we found out what would be pertinent for helping track primary health care in the longer term. So mm. the risk factors around COVID, many of which are non-communicable diseases, uh, if we were able to collect that data as well, trying to think about who is at risk for COVID, that data could also become a, an opportunity for us to improve health moving forward. So it's all about really um, empowering the community health worker using these new digital tools. That's brilliant and very interesting. I think a lot of um, the infrastructure that was set up for other diseases or for other rollouts, um, we found has actually been incredibly useful for uh, the COVID response. So maybe can you tell me in a little bit more detail about what the origin story is? Where, where did Cushy Health itself come from and what was the platform that existed before the pandemic? Yeah, so I mean, this work actually started back in 2014. It came out of a class project at Yale, um, and it, it was a collaboration between a design class at Yale and then a, you know some public health students in India um, that were looking to track infant immunization of, of all things uh, in rural parts of India, where mm -hmm. still the, the approach to, to tracking health longitudinally was largely based on paper, was a, a largely manual process, without much supervision, without much accountability. Um, so, you know, there was a, a naturally a push to digitize that process, that way we could have more streamlined data. But at the same time, there was a very uh, close attention to how do we make that technology culturally appropriate for users that are maybe picking up a smartphone for the first time, for areas without internet connectivity, um, for health workers that might be a bit older, for example. Mm. Um, so through the process of working with uh, you know, communities in Udaipur, Rajasthan over the last um, you know, seven years really, um, but we've deployed our platform over the last four and a half years. Um, we've been able to track maternal and child health over a longitudinal period of time. Um, and it's not just then about the tracking of the health, mm -hmm. 
but this, uh, the software becomes a way to provide decision support to the health worker. It allows them to plan for their upcoming camps. Um, we also try to make sure that the data go goes back to the, to the beneficiary. So they get an appointment reminder call in the local dialect um, so that they know when to come for their child's immunization. And it's been a big journey because we started off tracking child immunization and now we're at the point where we're tracking COVID vaccination. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so really it's, it's come full circle in a way, but sure. the, the larger picture is that um, when we started working with the government back in 2017, we realized that each government health worker has to deal with all these different uh, obligations from each different health vertical. Mm. And uh, health programs in India are completely verticalized. So now our, our big effort is how can we make that much more harmonious? Mm -hmm. um, instead of having the health worker have to fill out five different registers and have somebody enter data on three different portals and maybe use two different apps, how can that just all be one app and one you know, yeah. unified experience? And that's what we're, we think that the technology can enable us uh, to do now. Hmm. And, and Sachi, this is not just about an app. I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting about this program and about so many of the others that actually end up being really successful in the real world is that it's fundamentally reliance on people. Um, and I wonder if you can tell me a bit about the ASHA workers that you work with, who they are, where they come from, uh, and how they've been integrated into the platform. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting that you asked that because that I think our experience on the ground with these health workers is one of the main reasons why we were able to launch this solution at a huge scale because we knew them really well um, and we knew where they came from. So the community health workers that we work with um, called ASHA workers, they live uh, in the village itself and they're local and their education level is usually around a high school level. So, um, and they were the main uh, sort of champions during the COVID-19 pandemic. So um, our solution was uh, deployed with, for ASHA workers. I think what was a huge challenge for us when we were building the solution was thinking about how are they going to get smartphones to actually use the solution. And um, we spent a long time lobbying at the government level uh, for, this for the government to actually buy phones for them. And um, it's a huge expense and um, the long-term maintenance and all that. Mm. So it's a very difficult thing to do. But um, finally, we came to the conclusion that maybe we can, instead of buying the phone, incentivize these workers to buy their own phones. So give them a small amount of money um, or really through motivational speaking, ensure that they understand that the smartphone that they buy for themselves is going to help them long-term in their work because that's where health is going. Health is going mm. towards digital scale now in India. So um, it was really interesting to see that during an emergency, uh, how these health workers responded because we did deliver this message and uh, all over the state, over 50,000 health workers actually were able to get phones from their husbands, their friends, mm. their children, if they didn't know how to use the phone because they haven't actually stepped into the digital world to the extent that we all have, uh, they had everyone in their communities assist them so that they can actually do the surveillance, which was really actually mm. a beautiful thing to see. And, um, and 
we've spoken with a lot of the community health workers and they've told us stories about how empowered they feel in the community, uh, having a phone now and get this newfound respect from um, their neighbors and uh, being able to do their work in a faster way and um, a way where they actually are able to use their time efficiently and uh, feel good about what they're doing. Mm. Um, and of course, there were challenges. There are definitely pockets all over the state where um, it's been a huge struggle for community health workers to actually um, adapt to a digital platform. But I think that working through educational resources and supplementing our work with not just, like you said, an app, but looking at the user and what they need to be successful. Um, and also lobbying at um, the government level to improve the financial support that these community health workers um, get. And, um, and you know, you, you, these community health workers are not just you know, people deploying a platform. They also have local knowledge and they know people or they know how to get things done. Do you want to, is there anything that we, you think that other technology platforms or other people starting out need to think about when they start thinking about, well, who is actually, who am I actually gonna, gonna work with on these, on these projects and, and what is the value of these community health workers? Yeah, I, there's definitely value in the fact that they're so trusted by um, mm -hmm. the rest of the community. And I think that's, that's, so, that's the beauty of the ASHA worker and the, the this um, cadre of workers that the government has employed because uh, trust is so important where when COVID is happening and people are scared mm -hmm. and they don't know if you're gonna go into their house and if they're positive, take them out of their house and go quarantine them. It's, it's, it's really something that people are were really afraid of, but the Asha workers like family to them. So she was really able to get that information that was required to take action at a local level. And I think something that I want to touch on is our a part of our implementation, which we found really interesting, um, especially in the context of India, which was that the state is so large and it was an emergency and getting training health workers at at uh, the local level, at a village level, um, ensuring that they're tracking their own progress, ensuring that the supervision is being managed well. Um, we decided to use WhatsApp as a mechanism to implement the solution. So what we did was that we joined, we had members of our team join over 200 WhatsApp groups all over the state, which included community health workers, nurses, doctors, and, uh, and local government officials. And we kept in constant communication with them, where the community health worker themselves could see the impact numbers, could see um, common guidelines that we wanted people to pick up on quickly. Um, and uh, WhatsApp is the most widely used app in India. So mm. it was an interesting way to, and to actually launch this. And within a month, we saw huge results. So I think that's what's definitely a learning point for us and something mm. that we would love to share with others as well. Really interesting. And Richard, one of the things that you talked about before is the importance of the platform for data accountability. I want to just hear a bit more about what do you mean by that? And, and how does this, um, this platform and this project help to deliver um, data accountability? Yeah, so data accountability is the elephant in the room for many digital public health projects. Um, we have a tremendous amount of data that is starting to be collected um, from developing countries mm -hmm. um, through digital tools. 
However, before we can jump to using AI for public health, the big elephant in the room remains, which is most of that data, unfortunately, is still not of high quality. Um, you have, and, and it cuts both ways. You have health workers that are perhaps doing surveys from home, right? Filling out the app, filling out the details of beneficiaries from home. And then you have health workers that are actually going door to door, walking you know, kilometers at a time in a given day. And we aren't actually able to recognize the champions if we just look at all the data as the same. So we have a multi-tiered process of actually categorizing the data quality um, that uses both um, you know, certain rules as well as more advanced statistical techniques to understand, number one, is the health worker doing enough surveys? Has she started her work effectively? Number two, is she actually visiting house to house or is she more likely to be creating records from home. Mm -hmm. Then after we know that she's actually going to house to house, is she complete with her data? Is she skipping optional fields? Um, how quickly is she spending at each house? And finally, let's say that her data is complete. Does that complete data actually match what we would expect in terms of disease burdens and different types of profiles um, given the other literature um, that talks about the disease burden in that area? So it's a, it's a multi-tiered approach for us to be able to understand who is a champion health worker. And it's very important then that we identify those champion health workers, we promote those champion health workers on social media, mm -hmm. on WhatsApp, that health officials know about who these champion health workers are. And instead of health officials competing over the number of surveys done, right, for example, um, which was something that we saw in the first wave uh, through our app, that they were competing. Like every day we would send out, you know, how many surveys were done, how many vulnerable people were identified. Um, and they would compete on that, like, oh, we're number three, we want to get to number one. But they need to compete on data quality. That's really what they need to complete, compete on, not on numbers, not on positive health outcomes, because those can be fudged. That is really kind of the direction that we are going into. And we've even seen that once you have this data quality score in place, you can factor that into your predictions about who is likely to be sick and who is likely to be um, healthy. Um, and we've, we've tried this out for maternal and child health, and it, we've had very promising results. So we want to scale those results up now to other primary health care domains, um, and also to just tracking of pandemics in general, uh, adding that data quality score deeply into the work that we are doing. So yeah. one is to kind of quantify the data quality. Another thing is to make sure that the data quality is good in real time. So that means having safeguards in the process of of that surveillance, of that door-to-door -door checkup. Um, so what are those kinds of safeguards? So we do have nudges within the application that show up at different times that can kind of remind the health worker about the, the process that, that is recommended in terms of collecting the data. Um, and we can even do experiments to see what kinds of nudges are effective versus not. Um, in the same way that, you know, uh, for example, Amazon might change a button on the page to see if that will get more users to click on, on the button and get more revenue. Now that we have 60,000 health workers, we can also make small and subtle changes in terms of the, mm -hmm. how the users interact with the app to see if it can make them more engaged and more likely to do things that will basically reflect the true ground reality um, mm -hmm. that they're reporting. This is a really interesting combination of public health, behavioral science, Yes. Much theory, 
uh, also you know bringing in these digital tools when when you guys both started getting uh, working on this kind of project like how did you find the interaction between the different fields and different people in the system you know, it was difficult to be medical practitioner talking to app developers trying to have a conversation about behavioral science what are the kinds of issues and problems that you found or or actually did you do you, in your experience have we come on quite a lot in our work on and our ability to work in an interdisciplinary way yeah so I'll, I'll briefly touch on uh, on this i think so interdisciplinary is both internal in terms of our team, but also external in terms of our stakeholders. So I'll, I'll touch a little bit on the stakeholders piece, um, and then I'll let Sachi touch about the team. But when it comes to stakeholders, you are designing for the user, but you're also having to make sure that the government um, guidelines are being followed. So you also have to cater to a whole different type of user, user in a way who's the health official, who will use a dashboard and will use other tools. Mm -hmm but may not be actually using the app that is kind of the backbone of, of the system. So how do you balance the priorities of the health official and working with them with the ground reality and the day-to-day -day experience of the, of the ASHA worker who actually has to go door to door and ask all these questions and figure out how to you know, use this data. And there also has to be a, a connection between the two because if the ASHA worker feels like she's collecting data that no one is seeing and no one is using, and what's the value of doing the exercise in the first place? So it's a multi-stakeholder environment that we have to think about. And then you need to have multiple um, skill sets to take care of both the macro level as well as the micro level. Um, and Sachi, maybe you, if you wanted to talk about like the team itself and how, how the interdisciplinary team is able to work mm -hmm. together. Yeah, I think it's been really interesting because um, in India, the, the educational system uh, is very focused. So after high school, you sort of pick um, one discipline and uh, it's, it's less of a liberal arts sort of education. So when we have, uh, when we hire our um, software developers and we hire our public health officials um, and our physicians and, um, and our designers, they really have been focused on their own field for a very long time. And it's really interesting to see how um, they talk with each other and over time, how that these relationships build. And I think what's interesting about at the end, I think after a year of working with us, um, our team members, I find are so unique because they're able to look at a problem from so many different angles, just because we facilitate so much internal discussion um, for every part of the innovation. And we always try to involve everyone on the team like all from different disciplines to discuss um, uh, major changes that we're going to make and it's and um, we really value all of their opinions and I think that's what what helps us come up with a solution that's very well-rounded and holistic. I know that um, you work with a lot of partners you work with the Indian government you work with Gavi a whole bunch of others what is it meant for you to be part of this trinity challenge project and this trinity challenge community or anything that have jumped out that have been especially helpful or interesting as part of this process we sachi do you want to start yeah sure um it's been such a privilege to be involved with the trinity challenge and um some of our partners that we've worked with before like the patrick mcgovern foundation or Google AI and um, 
and Gavi, and we we I think those relationships have only strengthened um, after working with the Trinity Challenge, and of course the funding is going to help us um, really propel us forward with the goals that we have for our integrated platform and and scaling up the solution in a quality manner. So, um, and learning from our partners has been incredible. Um, yeah. Great. And Richard, what, what's next for Cushy Health? You know, when you're thinking about, I imagine every day is just running at the moment. Uh, and obviously we're still in the midst of a, of a pandemic, which is still, you know, having a huge and negative impact on the, on the world. But when you're thinking ahead three, five years time, what's next? What, what, what was the next big challenge that, that you'd like to look at? Yeah, so I think um, it's all about making the ecosystem um, to track health, primary health more broadly. And our goal is to go from state to state because um, India still follows a state-based approach to delivery of public health, even if there are national guidelines. We're working in India's largest state right now. We want to be able to prove out this unified platform for tracking primary health and then take it to more states, make it a kind of a digital public health good for the government of India to adopt. Well, it's incredibly exciting. And thank you both for joining us um, today. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you and to hear about this project. And as I've said before in the series, it really is interesting about how much cool interdisciplinary work is being done that involves ordinary people and the best and most interesting tech. And I think that's a really interesting interface as we, as we continue to think about how we respond to pandemics. So in closing, the Trinity Challenge is a coalition working to ensure that we're all better prepared against health emergencies by bringing the power of data-driven research and analytics to global health. I hope you'll join us for future episodes. Goodbye. <laughs>